That Michelin Web Signed, starring David Mitchell and Robert Webb, with Olivia Coleman and James Barkman. Dad, there's uh, something I'd like to share with you. Tell me, Matthew, there's something you want to tell me. Sharing is what we do with biscuits. <laughs> All right, tell you then. Mum knows already, and she's supporting me. I hope you will too. Dad, I'm gay. Oh, really? And have you slept with a man? I'm not going to go in. Have you slept with a man? <laughs> no, but I... Right, then you're not gay. <laughs> OK, I understand you need time to no, accept... No, 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 not at all. I'm absolutely fine with it. I like gays and I dislike grandchildren. No-one would be... <laughs> No-one would be happier for you than me if you were gay. But you're not gay. This is just the clarinet all over again. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. It's got everything to do with it. £170 that clarinet cost me, and you've played it precisely twice. You're not a clarinetist, and you're not a gay. And don't put the roasting tin in like that, or the rotor can't turn. I am gay. Fine, then go and do a man. You're not gay if you haven't slept with a man. And not even then, necessarily. I slept with a man in 1971. <laughs> Didn't much like it, never did it again. But I tell you what, that makes me a damn sight gayer than you are. <laughs> and I'm not even gay. No, no, I'm gay. You weren't gay last winter when you spent a whole term trying to get into the knickers of that nice ginger girl in the big band. What you are, young man, is single and unattractive. <laughs> and what you've not unsensibly done is decided to widen your net to include the 50% of the population who are famously less picky about with whom they sleep. <laughs> Which makes you, at the very most, bisexual. And far more probably, dismally straight, but horny enough not to be fussy. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. I, I might have known you wouldn't understand. And call that a flounce! I've seen camper performances in the guns of Navarro. <laughs> now, kids, your mother and I know how disappointed you were when we couldn't afford to go on that big trip to the big city last month. We've never been to a city. Well, that's why we've come here. The Hinton St Mary Rural Slum. Come on, in we go. <laughs> wow. It's a little bit of the inner city right here in the Cotswolds. Visitors looking to be happy slapped should assemble the derelict lift at 2.30. They've got all sorts of attractions here. Abandoned fridges, tramp fights, and one of the scariest rides in the world. What's that called? The property ladder. <laughs> I wonder where we should start. Look, let's ask that chap. He looks like he works here. Excuse me, young man. What is it, you ugly bitch? I bet... <laughs> I beg your pardon? I was being unnecessarily abusive. It's a city thing. Oh, of course. Can you tell me, is that a crack den? Indeed it is, you cheap slag. So authentic. If you're lucky, you might actually see them mainlining into their eyeballs. Oh, that would be great, because bless them, a lot of kids around here don't even know where crack comes from. <laughs> Mary here thought you'd get it from cows. Isn't that sweet? She sounds retarded. <laughs> Daddy, can I feed the of course you can, darling. Take some hay. <laughs> Daddy, can I ride the whore? <laughs> All right, then. All right, then, here you go. 40 quid should do it. Geronimo! 
The war on terror. Is it a red rag to a bull, or is it like shooting fish in a barrel? Joining me to discuss this are John Lambert, the Minister for Metaphors, and Susan Dunhill, the Shadow Secretary for Similes. Minister, <laughs> the war on terror. Red rag to a bull? Let me get the ball rolling by saying that the government would fight shy of taking a shot in the dark on this subject. <laughs> we have a more glass-half-full attitude. Susan? Like whatever. What? <laughs> like I care. What? what? That's, that's not a simile. You're just saying like. As if. No, 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 John's right. That's not a simile. A simile can be preceded with as or like, but it has to be a direct comparison. Like hell it does. If, if I may step in, I, I've been Minister for Metaphors for four years now, and I can see that the new Shadow Secretary is a bit of a loose cannon. I don't want to beat around the bush, but frankly, Susan, you're flailing around like a ship without a rudder. Uh, <laughs> steady on, John. What? Like a ship without a rudder? That's not a metaphor, that's a simile. And that's outside your departmental remit. As I was going to say, like, totally. Oh, Fanny. So, that's one point away from John. (laughs) So, now the funeral arrangements are complete, perhaps it might be a good time to consider your Uncle Martin's gravestone. Now, you've told me he was a fun-loving, plain-speaking football fan, and so, just an idea, what do you make of this one? Death one, Martin Smith nil. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. No, it's, it's hilarious, though, isn't it? Shows he had a massive sense of humour about the whole thing. Yeah, he didn't really, though. Not about his own death. If anything, he was pretty down about it. How about something like Martin Smith fell asleep 5th of January 2007? Oh, that's nice. That's tasteful. Although, well, you like to call a spade a spade. I see what you mean. You don't want people to think you've buried him alive. (laughs) Well, we could be more specific, like, fell asleep screaming. (laughs) Fell asleep in agony. Fell asleep in a hail of bullets. None of those really apply to Uncle Martin. When he went, it did sort of look like he'd fallen asleep. Okay, how about Martin Smith fell asleep 5th of January, or so we originally thought, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) But then we poked him with a stick and he didn't move, and anyway, cut a long story short, he's dead. It's a bit wordy. Okay, changing tack. How about not dead but resting? Uh... Not dead but rotting. Not dead, but dead. Not dead, but gone to a better place. Brackets, actually dead, though. (laughs) Rest in peace. Rest in soil. Rest in a box forever, cos you're dead. I I don't want to mention the box. Or, as an alternative, we just leave his head sticking out of the ground when we bury him. (laughs) Then, you know, it's increasingly obvious what's happened. (laughs) To your left, the magnificence of St Paul's Cathedral. Designed by the great Sir Christopher Wren, built between 1675 and 1708. From the floor to the top of the dome, it stands some 108 metres high, or 365 feet, one for each day of the year. And on the steps there, leading up to the main entrance, if you look, you'll notice an attractive couple holding hands. Not more than 19 or 20. (laughs) Students, possibly. He, well-built, with a large rucksack. She with a smaller pink rucksack, Spanish or Portuguese, definitely Latin. And as she places her head on his broad shoulder and smiles, you can picture tonight these young lovers enjoying a meal somewhere. More than likely including wine and an espresso, maybe even a liqueur. And then on for a slow, intimate stroll by the Thames, the two of them. 
the whole of the rest of their lives stretching. <laughs> a beautiful adventure, all, all before them. Drive on! Drive on! Harry, you realise what we're about to do is totally illegal. We always said we'd go underground if they ever tried to stop us, Piers. Don't be so bloody wet now. There can be no turning back. You're right, of course. Um, hello? Is this the hunt? Yes. Hello. I'm Piers, and you... You must be the fox. Of course I'm a bloody fox. Still got a bloody name. Sorry. Um, of course. Uh, won't you come in, um... Grace. Grace? Grace, what, what a beautiful name. Shut up. This lot, they the ant. Uh, yes, this is Harry, and, and over there... Right. Is... I don't know who you spoke to on the phone, but these are the terms. For six chicken nuggets, you can watch me run off. For nine, you can watch me on a horse. For half a roasted chicken, you can use all the clobber, the coats, the horns, the dogs, but no horses. And for a whole live chicken, I'll let you do what you like to me. You can hound me to death, tear me to shreds, smear me blood all over your face. Just try and keep it out of me brush. I've washed it. <laughs> What's it to be, then? Um, you bad boys. <laughs> Shall we crack on, then? Look, uh, hang on. This is all going a little fast. Uh, could we just maybe... What? I don't know. Talk? Do what you like, John. It don't make us friends. If you didn't have chicken, I wouldn't be here. Of course. So come on, then. Payment up front. Choppy, choppy. <laughs> Just a minute, Piers. Now, listen here, you vermin, whatever your name is. What makes you think you can talk to us like this? Harry, is it? That's right. Listen, Harry, you're outside the law now, see? Don't get all uppity, uppity. This is my world, and if you don't like the way I talk, you can always join Danny Baker for a scotch egg down the dog track. <laughs> God! You've been a very naughty bastard inviting me around here all on me, Todd. And I think things are going to get even naughtier before the night is over. I do like your coat, Harry. Nice and red and velvety. Do you like my coat, Harry? What about me brush? Have a fluff. It did. It's, it's very nice. Um... Call me Grace. Oh, Grace. Don't pull at it, though, cos... Oops! comes right off. <laughs> you magnificent creature! Give him the chicken, Piers! <laughs> Pleasure doing business. Ooh, was that the door? What? <laughs> Bloody hell, Harry, the police! Oh, buck up, Piers! I knew this would happen! Oh, dear, oh, dear. We know what you're up to in there! Open How the, the hell do they... Somebody must have tipped them off! Oh, God! Looks like we'll have to curtail this evening's entertainment, boys. <laughs> you! Open up! I'll see myself out, then. Why, you cunning little whore! Of course I'm cunning. I'm a bloody fox. <laughs> you beast! Wait! Grace! I have to see you again! Adieu, gentlemen. Adieu. Don't go! Grace! Oh, you wonderful, filthy creature! Go on, Lampard, give it some. What's he doing? He, he jimmy-jogged it over the touch posts. He's, he's off his game. <laughs> You're telling me he's been playing the harps he called like a fairy cake all match. Dan, don't take this the wrong way, but are you just pretending to like football so you can hang around with me? No way, mate. I, I love footy, especially the throw-ins. But I've noticed that a lot of things you say... It's almost like you're making it up as you go along. <laughs> Not me. I'm football through and through. I grew up on the pitch, near, near a pitch. OK, then, who's your favourite team? 
the Northern Rovers. You don't have to do this, Dan. We're good mates. We don't always have to do what I do. Well, I must admit, I do prefer classical theatre. <laughs> Fine, then that's what we'll do. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Go on, Hamlet, son, send the mental bitch to a nunnery. He's soliloquising all over the shop. You Elizabethan bastard. <laughs> Blimey, it's hot. Is the air conditioning working? I'm sweating like Nixon. Uh, packed up this morning. Well, which number is maintenance on? Uh, 2896. I've got a sweat atlas on the back of my shirt. Ask for Master Shinjuku, mighty Shin warrior for whom the mountains of Hinshao cleft in twain his passage to allow. He's pretty good with air conditioning. Right. Is, is he under M for master? No, M for maintenance. Hello, it, it's accounts here. Could, could you send Master Shin... Shinjuku. Juku, yep, for, for whom... Yeah, yeah, p- 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 passage to a... Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> He's on his way. Master Shinjuku, mighty Shin warrior, for whom the mountains of Hinshao cleft in twain his passage to allow. All right. Could you have a look at the aircon? All right, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Arigato, oh wise one. Has that invoice gone out to Wilmots yet? Uh, yesterday. He, he doesn't look much like a. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. Feel that breeze. Cheers. You know what I say, many winds blow. But no wind is mightier than the wall-mounted Pifcato XP1180. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Master Shinjuku, mighty Shin warrior, for whom the mountains of Hinshao cleft in twain his passage to allow. You're pretty good with air conditioning. To your right, the London Eye, considered the most popular tourist attraction in the world, erected in 1999 to celebrate the new millennium. It stands 135 metres or 443 feet high and its 32 suspended capsules take half an hour to complete one revolution. It is licensed for the performance of marriages and civil partnerships, something that young couple there in matching yellow and blue cagoules, arms entwined, their free hands held above their eyes to shield them from the sunlight, may well be contemplating. Obviously very much in love as they are. And after the excitement of the ceremony and the joy of the reception, you can imagine those two down there waving farewell to their loved ones as they slip away to a honeymoon destination, perhaps abroad or somewhere in this country. Devon is always nice this time of year. (laughs) To spend that first night as husband and wife in several exquisitely tender and yet... By the same token, frenzied bouts of lovemaking. Drive on! Drive on! Guys, this is our project mission statement. i got to tell you, we did not meet it, and it's time we stepped up to the plate and put our cards on the table. Well, I'll step straight up to the plate. I'm not clear what Kyle brings to the table. You have to be kidding me, Tyler. I bring a whole raft of things to the table. If anyone doesn't bring anything to the table, it's Giselle. Hey, I brought the table the whole idea of stepping up to the plate. Well, I stepped up to the plate. I put my cards on the table. Yeah, but what did you bring to the table? I brought my 
cars to the table, Giselle, and then I put them down on it. Well, I brought the plate to the table, and now I'm stepping up to it. So what, Bradley? You're stepping on the table? No, I'm not stepping on the table. I'm sitting down at the table and stepping up to the plate. Can I just clarify? Are we playing cards on this table, or are we laying it for dinner? Jeez, you see what I mean? Kyle brings nothing to the table. I'm telling you, he's the one who dropped the ball on this one. I did not drop the ball. Let me tell you, I was putting out fires the whole time. Sure, but when you were putting out fires, you took your eye off the ball because you had too much on your plate. That's because I kept stepping up to the plate. No, you kept stepping up to the table with your plate. What do you think this is, a goddamn buffet? It's not even that kind of a plate. It's a baseball plate. And, and let me tell you, I step up to the plate time and time again, and I hit it out of the park. You hit my plate out of the park? No, the ball. The ball you dropped? I did not drop the ball. I picked up the ball, and I ran with it. You dropped the ball, Kyle. Step up to the plate and admit you dropped the ball. I did not drop the ball. In fact, I've brought the ball to the table. Have you? Yes, here it is. Oh. Ooh. Oh, so, so you didn't drop the ball. Giselle, read our project mission again. Uh, bring the ball to the table without dropping it and put it on the plate. You got the plate, Bradley? Right here. Okay, then. Okay, go team ball and plate. <laughs> Hello, do come in. Thanks. Uh, do you know, I actually came in on a bit of a whim. I saw some of those photos in your window and I just thought, I need a holiday. No. I deserve a holiday. What an interesting story. Please, why don't you take your considerable weight off your feet? What? Where were you thinking of going? We've got some wonderful packages to Iceland, northern Canada, Alaska. I was thinking more about the Maldives, somewhere like that. Mm, just to warn you, it gets very warm there. Brilliant. I just thought you'd prefer somewhere where you could remain covered up. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, I'm very careful in the sun. I'll slap on plenty of Factor 30. Lovely. No, I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> Though, certainly, you'd need plenty. No, it's more the issue of, well, a woman of your generous proportions squeezing herself into a bikini. What are you saying? Oh, sorry, I thought I was being clear. I think you're rather fat. <laughs> Probably haven't always been, just piled it on over the last couple of years, but there it is, and here you are. Boom. I'm not overweight. Mm, denial. You can't really help it, though. You've had, what, four, five children? I haven't had any children. What, all that's just from food? <laughs> That's some good eating. I mean, really impressive. I have never been so... Overweight? Well, it's no wonder you're going on holiday alone. That's you saying, I don't want to go on holiday with anyone because I don't want to put anyone through the horrific sight of me rolling this sweaty, shiny, fat, pink carcass down to the beach. Actually, the thought of it is making me sick. You can't mean that. Properly, physically sick. It's making me wretch. Oh, I'm going to be sick on my brochures. <laughs> How are you feeling right now? <laughs> but you're feeling pretty low, yeah? Pretty bad about yourself. There, there. What can we do? How about a little date? <laughs> Just a little date? Can't hurt, can it? What do you say? I, I, I think, I think that'd be nice. That would be a nice thing for me to do. I feel... Better I've... about yourself, exactly. What could be better, hmm? And you and me 
out on a lovely little date. <laughs> In a world spinning rapidly off its hinges, on streets cluttered with hood-wielding thugs peddling disco biscuits and cheap fireworks, who is left to fight for honour, justice and enough loose change for a bottle of Happy Shoparuzo? Yes, it's the surprising adventures of Sir Digby Chicken Caesar! I woke in darkness. As my eyes acclimatised, I could see I was in a cramped cell, my only window on the world, a letterbox-shaped opening at about eye level from which I could see all the other recycling bins. <laughs> By a process of elimination, I realised with dread that the one I was imprisoned in must be shoes. <laughs> Ginger, is that you? I'm just being sick into a shoe, sir. Something's amiss. I have a headache on top of my usual headache. Smells like a brogue. Well, a brogue full of sick. Ginger, we have been poisoned. Oh, it could be those Rohypnol we nicked. <sighs> they made the Baileys all fizzy. Nonsense. More likely my nemesis lacing the water supply to debilitate us. We're getting too close to the truth, and he's trying to dull our senses. We must investigate. Sir, it's an earthquake! Call the foreign office! <laughs> After a plucky struggle with a man who came to empty the Oxfam shoe bin, our heroes escaped with a couple of pairs of vital clues. I can't go very fast in these flip-flops, sir. Come on, man. We have to find the source of the contamination before my other heel snaps off. <laughs> Here we are at the waterworks, where my poison-dispensing nemesis must be holed up. But, sir, it's a brewery, sir. It says so on that sign and on that lorry. And on those beer barrels. Don't be a fool, Ginger. Lowenbrow means water. In Welsh. <laughs> that distinctively yeasty aroma is merely the cloaking agent for the poison that my nemesis is using to poison the entire water supply. Just to get to me. Ah, see that group of trainee spies being shown around by that seductive brunette. All across the UK and Ireland and increasingly... Further afield, and See how Matahari has these men in her thrall, and some women, and a Japanese tourist. Let's follow them. Look, Ginger, a huge copper vat. Must be full of beer, sir. You mean water? Beer, sir. But no, low and brown. Let's just agree it's low and brown. We must investigate. Climb the ladder. You first, Ginger, and then pull me up. My Jimmy shoes are no match for those rungs. Righto. I'll tell you, it does smell like beer, sir. No, that's just the poison reacting with your nostrils. And it tastes like beer. Well, beer and old flip-flops. I'm coming in for a second opinion. If this is the toxic supply, we must cut it off at once. Hey, you, the truck in the high heels. Quick, Ginger, they're all over us. You go ahead, sir. I'll just stay in this gigantic pint of beer a bit longer. <laughs> Will Sir Digby's nemesis take him hostage? Will Ginger drink his way to freedom? How much longer will Benji's remain the last sandwich shop not to have security staff on the door? Saps. Find out in the next thrilling instalment of the surprising adventures of Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. Come in. Hello, Doctor. Hello. He-Man, is it? Uh, no, it's Adam, actually. Prince Adam. I, uh, I change into He-Man. But, uh, but the appointment in the name of a, a He-Man. Yes, I was He-Man when I made the booking. Um, <laughs> now I'm Adam. I see. And, and what seems to be the problem? Well, actually, we've touched on it already. It's the old He-Man slash Adam thing. 
go on. Well, yes, as you might know, I often become He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Um, and in the main, it works very well for me, you know, for fighting the forces of evil, opening jars, things like that. But um, it does have a bit of a drawback. Uh? Yes, well, there's a bit of a flaw in the transformation process. You see, to trigger the metamorphosis, I have to hold aloft my magic sword and say... By the power of Greyskull, I have the power. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> It's just that the sword is incredibly heavy and terribly difficult to hold aloft, and I keep getting these awful back spasms. I mean, if I were He-Man already, it wouldn't be such a problem, but they make me hold the sword aloft first. I, I really don't think they thought it through properly at all. Okay, a sword's too heavy. Mm. I, I mean, it is really heavy. Look, look, have a go. Yes, yes, it, it, it is heavy. Yes, it is, isn't it? And uh, w- w- would you mind trying to hold it aloft for me now? Uh, right, OK. <laughs> oh, oh, you see, see, it's, oh, see, it's no good. Yes, there, there does seem to be a problem here. C- couldn't snarf help you out? <laughs> um, T- take a bit of the weight? Actually, snarf's thundercats. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's really a different thing. Right. Well, well um, all I can suggest is just do it very slowly. Uh, lean up against a wall like this, bend your legs slightly, and, and make sure your back isn't taking all the weight. Uh, right, I see. What, like, like this? Yeah, that, that's it. Nice and slow. Oh. Keep your body straight. Oh, by the oh, power of Grayskull. Oh, better not do it now, actually. It makes a bit of a mess. Lots of... <laughs> Lots of flashing, and my, my theme tune, actually, is... Y- yes, yes. But, but you, you get the idea, right? And take these anti-inflammatories twice a day after food. Yeah, you don't think it looks silly, me doing it slowly? I mean, often I'm in a bit of a hurry. Well, you, you'll just have to ask Skeletor to bear with you for a few more seconds, won't you? The only alternative is to stay as He-Man the whole time. Oh, you're not meant to do that. It's, it's a bit too much like showing off, and I don't like the clothes, so... <laughs> No, well, give it a go, and if the pain's still there in two weeks, I'll have a proper think about it and not just fob you off with some pills and hope for the best. Great. Well, thank you, Doctor. That's quite all right, and uh, give my regards to Battle Cat. Yes, I will. Actually, he'll appreciate that. He's lost a bit of his fighting spirit since we had him spayed. You are now entering Trafalgar Square. Opposite you, the National Gallery. To the right, St. Martin in the Fields Church, designed by James Gibbs. And in the centre, Nelson's Column, standing 46 metres or 151 feet high. Admiral Lord Nelson, who gave his life for his country at the Battle of Trafalgar in 1805, was not only a great naval strategist, leader and hero, but also lover to Lady Hamilton. We can all imagine the long, romantic evenings that Horatio and Emma must have enjoyed in Naples. She, an astoundingly attractive and flexible young woman. (laughs) He, a big sailor. (laughs) Although they never married, they lived together, uh, along with her husband, William, in a house, all three of them, cheek by jowl, in in a menage a trois, quite openly. There's nothing secret about it. In contrast to nowadays, where if if your wife's seeing someone else, it's all done behind your back. (laughs) Until the day your mobile rings and and she texts you she's gone to live with someone in Market Harbour she was at school with, who got back in touch through Friends Reunited. (laughs) And now she's a lesbian. Drive on! Drive on! (laughs) 
That Mitchell and Webb Sound starred David Mitchell, Robert Webb, Olivia Coleman, and James Barkman. It was written by David Mitchell, Robert Webb, Toby Davis and Chris Pell, Dan Hobson and John Bridal, Jason Hazley and Joel Morris, Graham Mark Walker, Lawrence Howarth, Simon Kane, and John Finnemore. The producer was Gareth Edwards. Yeah.